That's fine. All right, here's the music. What the fuck was that? It was like a teletype. No, that was... Yeah, it was like news around the world. Yeah. This week on Side. Yeah. Hey, welcome to Storied, a podcast where we take one type of media and transform it into another. This week we're going to be taking one of my all-time favorite movies, and I'm not kidding when I say that, Predator, and turning it into a video game. Do you say that like, ironically a lot? No. Like, I love this movie. No, I really do love that movie. So did you do you not like other movies? Nope. That we've done so far? Just he doesn't predator. like anything else. Yeah, it's the <laughs> only movie he likes. I, I just watch it daily. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, put it on loop before I go to bed. Um, yeah, but for, before we launch into the the podcast, though, I wanted to mention something that was bizarre to us. Uh, so we started uh, we started this podcast, and uh, we found that after we started the podcast, that Rocket Jump, uh, you know, Freddie Wong's company um, that did all kinds of good stuff like Video Game High School and. A bunch of YouTube videos years ago, and they have like a show on YouTube, and they have like a, a um, like a like a like a series of videos about how to do stuff, how to film things. Um, just a cool company all around. Um, they also did a a, a, a a podcast called Story Break um, mm-hmm. that's very similar to what we do. Um, we haven't actually listened to it yet for fear that it would influence us in some way. And then uh, then we recorded last week's episode the Kellogg Cinematic Universe podcast and found out that Story Break had also done yeah. a Kellogg Cinematic Universe episode. After it's funny that they picked was... the same brand of cereal, too. Like, it wasn't like a General Mills or a Post, you know, yeah. or like a Quaker Oats. It was yeah. it's Kellogg's, I guess because Kellogg's Cinematic Universe sounds good, you know, so it, yeah. it makes sense, but yeah. Well, and they, have, they months... have better mascots. I mean, their mascots are just much better, which is why we picked it, right? Yeah. So, yeah, good uh, point. Incredibly strange, but but true. Um, you should check that that podcast out. We certainly will be in the near future. I think all of us have been a little bit busy since we found out, but um, uh, definitely want to hear what their take on it was. Which yeah, which and then is, just be like, uh, God damn, cool. it's way better than ours. <laughs> yeah, it probably will be. And then we will go back and delete um, the the Kellogg's episode, and then also delete any mention of it from this episode. Yeah, it's going to be weird. It's going to be a weird yeah. blank space in our in our repertoire. So get prepared for the redacted. Uh, episodes to come oh man we should just release the entire episode normally but just bleep out anytime we say the word kellogg's or tony the tiger or like any so it's just a podcast that is unlistenable because everything that isn't interesting has been bleeped out but we leave the podcast on on the air so not only is that a great idea harrison but i'm volunteering you to do the work that sounds great that sounds like not a lot of work at all (laughs) all right anyway so let's talk about predator i want to hear why chris is chris's favorite movie of all time uh that might be a little bit of rewriting what I said, but <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'm pretty sure you said those words. It's really, I think it's just one of those movies when you see it when you're a kid and it's like one of the coolest things you've ever seen. And it still kind of tickles that, that part of you, you know? Um, yeah. but it is cool. I mean, it's, it's like unapologetically like the, the big dumb muscle guys fighting things, you know, like, and it's well executed. Like it's, it is a pretty, like there's tension, you know. The action sequences are cool. Like, there's I I totally forgot until I watched it again this past week how there is some of the dumb like action guy lines. In it. Oh like, yeah. When he throws a knife into the guy <laughs> and he's like, "Stick around." It's like, yeah. <laughs> it's funny because there's like two it was or three of them. obligated. It, yeah, but there's not that many of them. Like they do that. Yeah. Classic. Okay, we're gonna like go into the camp of bad guys i just completely blow them up and like that scene goes on for like way <laughs> too long so they keep blowing stuff up and cutting back to a gun shooting a guy and cut back to a hut exploding and cut back to more guys getting shot it's like a five minute sequence of full of just dudes getting shot like 50 to 100 people die and then they do their like classic action movie lines of like uh like knock knock who's there and and kill a bunch of dudes <laughs> and then they never do it again like they, once the tone shifts and they're like oh fuck we're getting hunted by this alien that's all of that just drops out of the movie which is really interesting well the actually weird thing too is that like i don't know why they're there really if i remember correctly like, why are they there they just seem to be killing villagers <laughs> like <laughs> it's just horrible like like uh i guess i don't know if it was a panama thing 
Um, if they were trying to like you know because it was the 80s and they were just trying to get back at somebody or whatever but it's just they <laughs> just kind of go in there Rick. and just I'm angry murder oh. people this indiscriminately murder people I don't know if they're like no, really it's, like it's, a they're like rebels or what is it they're supposed like, to be they, they, they're sent in there by Carl Weathers uh, to like extract some diplomat or something and they find out when they get there that uh, it's just a it's like a camp full of rebels that have been armed by Russians this is back in the eighties, right? So the Cold yeah, War. Yeah, there like, you go. All That's the rebels are, are like the rebels are being armed by the Russians. So I think it's yeah, probably like Nicaragua or Panama or some sort of like you know South American sort of generic South American. They just call them the rebels, right? But they speak Spanish. Yeah. Uh, and uh, they go in there and they realize that Carl Weathers kind of told them a lie and got them to go in there and blow oh, up yeah, all these people. Yeah. It's like you know you wouldn't have come to in, you wouldn't have done this if I had you know told you that it was this this particular type of mission and there's this weird animosity between Carl Weathers and the entire team. So that's why the mo- I love that you call him Carl Weathers every time. His name is Carl Weathers, it's one word. <laughs> you can't you can't call him anything else. Carl, I guess. But then it could be it could be any number of Carls. I want to be specific about which Carl it is. Yeah. Which eighties Carl it is. That is his name is actually Dylan in the movie. And that was like It's Dylan. It's the best name. <laughs> I know, but that was like it's the movie that's got the most like everybody's got like a one syllable like like badass single guy name you know what i mean like yeah it's oh, so yeah. stupid but so awesome at the it's same like time. mac yeah. and blaine and dutch hawkins yeah poncho sunny yeah yeah and billy <laughs> yep yep <laughs> oh sunny yeah sunny's the actor yeah. sunny's the actor played billy yeah sorry i got it messed up uh billy yeah shit well, you know, we should also mention that uh, this is the second John McTiernan movie we have talked about in a row. Uh, John McTiernan went on to make Die Hard, of course. Oh, man. Uh, right after this movie, I think. I don't think he did anything in between. Um, so, you know, we have to do Hunt for Red October next week or something and turn it into a... We have to, well, what is the very next game. movie he did? We can just turn this podcast into a John McTiernan podcast I'm and just yeah, chronologically yeah. go through his movies. It's Hunt for Red October. Yeah. Well, <laughs> oh damn! Okay. We can adapt his legal troubles <laughs> <laughs> to a nonfiction movie. Yeah. Oh um, man, the John McTiernan story. <laughs> Just him doing blow. Uh, like we do it like a biopic. You know, it starts out with him just doing blow off uh, of hookers. In the eighties and, and shooting movies like that Die could Hard. Be literally fucking... any director. That's every director in the eighties though. <laughs> I know. But it's it's his rags to riches story, right? It's like Goodfellas. We we do it where he's uh you know, everything's amazing in Hollywood until um oops, I forgot to file my taxes. It's like really fucking boring after that. <laughs> yeah, perfect. That sounds like a movie I'd love to it's see. It's exciting until yeah. that point. Yeah. And then <laughs> yeah. the whole third act is just him sitting in a prison cell. Like making movies <laughs> on his wall. <laughs> just dreaming of movies he's gonna yeah. make, and then we dramatize those. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so we just do like a, like a like a pastel fade through to like his imagination, where he's like directing all these incredible movies and getting all these awards and shit. Yeah, he's like storyboarding on the wall in chalk <laughs> or blood. Who gave him that chalk? Could be shit. Um, sorry, John McTiernan. <laughs> we, we don't mean any defamation here. Um, we we really appreciate your movies. Yeah, please don't sue us. So, anyway, we're gonna turn we're gonna turn John McTiernan into a video game. I mean, yeah. uh, Predator. John McTiernan playing the Predator in a Predator video game. Yeah. Um. So there've been a, a like a handful of Predator games. There's like the Alien versus Predator games, and those are somewhat more well known. But there's definitely other Predator games. Um. I, I kind of looked into it before we started. Uh, the podcast and like what predator games exist. Um, and there's one that is like, Oh, there's like a, you know, a second Genesis game, which is kind of like a, a twin stick shooter. And there's, uh, you know, a couple of different ones, but nothing really ever got like a claim or got any sort of like notice from anybody. Cause they were just kind of like cheesy tie-ins. Um, but there was one and I'm trying to find it now, but there was like a predator video game called like predator concrete, jungle, uh, like urban, or, yeah, Concrete Jungle or Urban Hunters or some shit like that. Uh, and, yeah, Concrete Jungle. And, like, the premise is fucking incredible uh, where you're a predator and you're in the city, like, a la Predator 2. And you're, like, stalking and hunting, like, mafia members. 
and then you fail at some point and you like try and self-destruct and you you can't like the self-destruct doesn't work or something and you are exiled to a planet somewhere but like in the meantime the mafia dudes like find all your technology and start like using your like fancy alien guns to like take over the city and fight other mafia members <laughs> it's fucking amazing it's it sounds so ridiculous i was gonna say i didn't know i, never, uh, I knew about this game i never played it but i don't know how you... i'm just i just just reading the wikipedia page that sounds pretty great i actually do want to yeah. play it <laughs> yeah well okay but like i don't think you, i think you come back you you come back as that that but um disgraced hunter and go back into that world and but they all have guns that are like powerful i guess it's a game conceit so they can actually harm you with with guns and stuff so that you're not like invincible and shit but yeah it it seems like it's one of those like the humans got a hold of your alien tech and somehow like manufactured more of them and now you have to like go and kill them all which is a fucking ridiculous uh uh, conceit for a video game so we're gonna make concrete jungle 2 then perfect yeah all the money the EA has. So it's interesting to think that – so Shane Black, uh, who was Hawkins in the original movie, by the way, mm-hmm. uh, and who wrote and directed like Kiss Kiss Bang Bang and um, Iron Man 3 and The Nice Guys. Monster and, Squad. Uh, oh, that's crazy. Monster Squad. Wrote Monster Squad. And Lethal Weapon and Lethal Weapon 2 and The Last Boy Scout. Um, he, oh, my God. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. I didn't know it was the same guy. Yeah. As far no, as he's, he's all over. acting role, too. Is in Predator. I also heard the. This might be an apocryphal story, but I did hear that they they uh, they brought him down there uh, to try and get him to do some doctor work on the script. That's why they hired him as an actor. Oh man, um, because he'd already sold Lethal Weapon, I think, at that point, and he was like hot shit. And so um, he was like, "Nah." And then they were like, <laughs> uh, "Okay," and they were just stuck. <laughs> like, well, I guess you're still in the movie. Fuck. With the, yeah. It was, yeah. So anyway, that's a that's awesome. That's a great story. But he's doing the new Predator. Is that what you were getting to? Yeah, yeah. So I was getting to. He's doing. There's a Predator movie coming out this year. Um, that's coming out later this year called The Predator. Um, and there's little, very little known about it, except that potentially it takes place in the suburbs. Oh my which god! Is kind of incredible and weird. Keegan Michael Key. Um, but <laughs> he is. Um. And Fred Decker was, who also co-wrote the Monster Squad uh, with him and Night of the Creeps uh, by himself, uh, which is an amazing film if nobody's seen it. Um, and I, be, I mean, amazing in that it's awful, but also amazingly good. Then it knows it's bad. Um, wow. Anyway, the uh, those two guys are making a new Predator movie. So if we're gonna make a game, it uh, feels like maybe making a, a game that takes place in these suburbs. Um, might be a way to go. Yeah, I'm down with like trying to make a game that somewhat predicts the next Predator movie and tries to make a game as what we would imagine that movie would be, but a video game. That that could be interesting. Here's what we should do. You're playing as a bunch of kids, like a la Stranger Things or E.T., and the Predator shows up in the neighborhood and only you can stop just, it. Just, just the attack the block video game. Like, <laughs> which also would be a good video game, but yeah. Except it's not like... Uh, in Stranger Things, where the, the, the Demogorgon like shows up now and again and like hassles people, and sometimes they get killed, sometimes they get away. Like the Predator would just absolutely annihilate these children. Like they'd be they would stand yeah, zero chance. You just die in the first level. You play as it's like the opening of, of uh, Last of Us, where you just play as the kid, and then the, you just get fucking ruined by a Predator. <laughs> <laughs> and then take it as a trophy to this, like, alien ship. Well, that's here's what happens. Like, you're with, like, three of your friends, and then, like, one by one, you see the little, little three dots. Because you're, playing, oh my you're God. playing with toy guns, and the Predator doesn't know the difference, because he doesn't harm people if they're unarmed. That's and true. Then, uh, you that's just see true. them one by one uh. get destroyed by alien weaponry. <laughs> and then you never, humans are really you small. never catch him, and then, you're, like, 20 years pass, and he comes back. Oh, my God. It's like revenge. Somehow you get away. Yeah. <laughs> sounds really fucked up. <laughs> I'm just imagining, like, horribly imagining, like, like just kids standing around and then one of them looking down and seeing that three dots on their chest and then exploding <laughs> in, a, in, a, in a thing of, like, a, like a fine mist, like a red mist just blowing up. We call yeah. it Predator Red Mist. Perfect. Uh, God. Yeah. <clears throat> Uh, um, but Bill Duke has to be in it, right? Bill Duke has to come back and do a voice because uh, he's the best. He was actually like 
his performance on that, like, now that I'm older and watch it with, like, a different eye, his performance is, like, creepily good. It was, like, my favorite performance yeah. in the movie watching it now. Like, he's, he's just, like, yeah. re- weird in the way, the way he, like, shaves with no... <laughs> yeah it's like his like weird like affectation when he's like getting ready for fi- a fight he starts to just shave his face yeah it's really weird <laughs> but his he's like i don't know there's something about his performance it was like felt weirdly authentic to a, like a soldier even though it wasn't at all well he yeah. he's he's the only character that goes through any sort of like like other than getting killed and it, like i guess i guess um uh billy as well kind of but like he's the one who like Suffers a loss when when Jesse Ventura dies, and he was like really close with him, and it sort of like puts him on this weird emotional place where he's kind of like teetering shaving. on the edge of of what's that? He's shaving. Yeah, we're shaving. But like that's what he did normally. Like when they're when they're flying in on the chopper, like that's this weird like pre pre war ritual. But yeah. he like kind of loses it a little bit when Jesse Ventura dies, and he like goes on this crazy vengeance path, and he just like. Sp- like mows the trees down with with the minigun and just was like screaming and kind of losing it and yeah i don't feel like any other character really gets a moment like that or like a sort of like small amount of like arc you know uh every other character just kind of like hangs out and then is dead yeah well and then there's that moment when he like uh takes the flask and he like drinks from it and he puts it under blaine's uh like body bag and then yeah. they have that amazing Alan Silvestri score playing when it's like it's like basically like a like kind of like a taps. That fucking score, oh, yeah. man. That fucking score. We were talking about it a moment for a moment before you came on, uh, Sean. Like it sounds like a, like the Back to the Future score in places it should not tonally sound like the Back to the Future score. Like sometimes it's really like deep, and you got like the the hi hat, and you you've got like this military thing going on, and sometimes it's just like cymbals and uh, and the tambourine. And they're like going through the forest trying to like track down rebels, and it sounds like the Back to the Future like Marty's skateboarding in town soundtrack, and it's fucking tonally all over the place, and it's weird. It's perfect, Rex, though. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess I'm not going to win this fight because both. (laughs) I love that score. It's ridiculous. I'll give it that, but I think I've just listened to it before outside of the movie. It just struck me this when I watched the movie recently that just like, oh my god, I I forgot how like they're going through the forest and like silently using hand signals to surround these rebels and like stabbing them in the chest and like doing all these crazy maneuvers while these like like tambourines are playing. It's fucking weird. And then and then and then you know it gets quiet for a second. Then you hear. Right. Yeah. yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. It's fucking bizarre. It's good. It's just weird. It's it, it's so it's weirdly lighthearted, I guess, because it knows it's a stupid, cheesy action movie. So it's never going to take things too super seriously. Uh, and it does like when the Predator starts killing people, it gets pretty dark and the music definitely changes here and there. But still, sometimes they're traipsing through the forest uh, and those fucking tambourines are playing in the background. And like the the, it, the the brass is kind of just going for it. And it's so it, it's so weird. But so how are we going to tie that into the video game? We're going to get the we're going to get Alan Silvestri back for the score. <clears throat> yeah, why not? We could probably do that. What yeah. else is he doing? Probably you know nothing except a lot of things. <laughs> I don't know if he does that much work anymore. I feel like he just kind of doesn't. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I should look it up. Um, <clears throat> so so yeah. So what, what kind of game are we making here? Like that's a really good question. If we did set it in the suburbs, right? Uh. I feel like I feel like the obvious thing, and this is terrible because uh, it's every game in the last five years. But like, it's like a crafting. Uh, <laughs> you're, you're crafting fucking uh, like lawnmower parts into like uh, weapons, or we, you know, what we do is we make a, a comment on American society, and everybody's just got an AR-15. Oh man. Every single garage you go into just has ammo lying around. Oh, my God. This is the worst stupid idea I've ever had, but I'm going to pitch it anyway. Do it. Uh, it's in the suburbs, right? But it's in the suburbs that is an enclave um, for um, a bunch of, like, uh, doomsday preppers. Uh, oh, man. Uh, uh, <laughs> up in the mountains or something, or something like that. So you build the whole town up in the mountains there, and you can wander it. And the predator's hunting you through it and into the it's woods. Like, it's like a weird Mormon town that has like a wall around it. It's like a compound. Yeah, yeah. It's like a Mormon town. Well, I don't know about that, but yeah. It's like but a town like in a, Utah that has – it's like a Mormon like neighborhood, but it has this giant wall around it. Really? Anyway. I've not heard yeah, about okay. this. Not, maybe not that much. But yeah, so they, no, build, but a, like, they build a 
But yeah, you get these like these militia guys who you know are obsessed with uh, the idea that the government is going to try and uh, come take them away or something, and then they they end up getting into this you know this this cult almost uh, yeah. enclave situation where they just have a bunch of shit. It's like um, the free men of Montana, essentially. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. They don't come on. There's just, there's like, you literally open, like, with a sign getting driven into the ground that says, like, stay off our property or whatever. You know? And then the predator asks questions later. Predator kills that guy. (laughs) (laughs) Putting the sign in. No, so the the sign is getting hammered into the ground and it sort of, like, gets knocked into frame from above. And then uh, the guy turns to leave and then just gets his head cut off and that sign just gets covered in, like, drenched in blood. (laughs) Exactly, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm thinking about, like, what's Uh, persistent with the predator, like, uh, franchise is it's always about hunting essentially you know like um like it's always a game to the predator or i haven't seen predator 2 in a long time but it's it's a similar situation and i've never seen the alien versus predators um because i don't feel like i'm missing much but uh there was that what the predators sequel that came out a couple years ago like 2010 maybe um predators that kind of had a it wasn't a great movie, but it had an interesting setup in which, like, that could have been cool, where they the Predators basically just took a bunch of, like, Predators from Earth and just, like, dropped them onto a game planet, like, a la The Most Dangerous Game. So, I'm just... Wasn't one of them Topher Grace? Yeah. And he was playing, like, a yeah. fucking, like, doctor or something? Yeah, yeah. That, was like was a, a, that was a twist at the end that he was actually a serial killer, and that's why he was there the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know what's weird? Here's what's weird. I saw that movie in theaters and have absolutely oh no recollection of it until you mentioned Topher Grace's uh, uh, name. Then all what? of the memories that I had like locked away in a vault came flooding back. And I was like, wait a second. Isn't Lawrence Fishburne in that movie and he's hiding in the ship because yeah. he can't get away? Holy yeah, and, shit, I've and, seen uh, this movie. The thing I remember the most is Adrian Brody's weird triangular upper body. <laughs> he, he, he like it looked like he only buffed up like his arms, his lats, and his deltoids, and then like the rest, he just left the rest of it. It was really only weird. The basic. Only the stuff that was visible outside of his vest. It was like right, of course, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, with wardrobe. You got to prioritize. You, gotta, you can bulk out your pants with some some, some padded pants. It's fine. That's how I work out. <laughs> Man, that is wild. That I've seen that movie, and I was looking because I was looking at, at researching for this episode. I'm like, or you know, I was looking at all the movies that had come out. And I'm like, oh, I, oh, I don't think I've seen that. I should check that out. And then as soon as you mentioned Topher Grace being a, a murderer, because they're all like abducted, isn't it? Like they're all like abducted in their beds, and they wake up on this planet together. The movie starts with Adrian Brody just falling from the sky. That's right. And then he just lands and hits the ground, and like finds everybody else, and they're all like, "What the fuck? How do we get here?" It's not. Do you think it's not great? It's. Do you I think kind that uh, watching it, but it's not good. Do you think that like the predator is like just a trophy hunter, as in the way that humans are trophy hunters, where like he goes back to his like dentistry job on like Monday morning, <laughs> or like like a huge swath of people from this culture don't like want to. Like, they just kind of live their life, and there's once in a while, like, these weird, like, weekend warrior predators go off and, like, go hunting humans and then come back and yeah, it's like, put, like, mount heads on their, like, wall of their, like, yeah, of their, like, de- dentistry job. Is, do you think that's how it works? Absolutely. I think you're, you're doing, like, a Rick and Morty thing now. <laughs> it turns into Rick and Morty all yeah, of a sudden. That's where, yeah, that's true. That's a good point, yeah. But he I goes off I think and, like, about, he like, comes home and he kisses his wife, but he can't do yeah. it because he, like, bites her by accident. <laughs> like, their mandibles sort of lock together in a yeah, weird yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know. It's weird because like they're obviously so the the pitch for this movie was like, what if trophy hunters hunt humans? Like an alien trophy hunter hunts a human, right? That's the that was the that was the like the tech, like the elevator pitch for this movie. But if the if to follow that metaphor, like trophy hunters and in, in like human in you know of human species don't just live that life forever unless they're poachers, I guess. Uh, they kind of like do it. I'll go on a safari and like bag a bunch of animals. And are shit uh, shitbirds, and then they go back to their like rich person job at the end of the week, right? So I've always wondered, like, is is this entire culture just one of hunters, or do you think that like it's just a handful of dudes? The question is like, what do they do when they're not hunting? It's like, preparing for a hunt. <laughs> it's like, yeah, like the entire culture seems to be based around hunting, but it doesn't make any sense. It's like you, yeah. you'd never have made it off the planet. Yeah, they have all this um, advanced technology. Like they must have scientists and shit. Yeah. 
So back to the game. I was say, Sorry, you know, <laughs> I was say this is the game yeah. that we're making. This is this is. Yeah. It's not about the hunting. It's about the rest of the predatory. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you're the scientist, and you stay in your lab and you craft uh, hunting materials for your for your hunting buddies. Uh, and they like so, knock you over the head and you're like, "All right, nerd, is my stuff ready?" And and that's the game. All right. <laughs> uh, so so kind of game we could make here right like there's 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 always the the temptation is to play as the predator right right um but i think it'd be better to not do that or you have like a multiplayer thing where somebody plays the predator and everybody else is trying to get out you know it's a la that friday the 13th game that came out um but or you know we kind of go straight into our nightmare on elm street territory there that episode we we talked quite a bit about um you know Potentially doing a multiplayer thing there, but I think we landed right. on not doing that. Um, but you know, the predator's got all the cool weaponry and stuff. But I think the game would, you know, like it feels easy, um, right? Unless you unless you you change that up in a way, like it feels right. it feels like the game's going to be you know you're going to be you have too many advantages, um, and and then and then if you win, like humanity kind of dies, so that doesn't feel like a good way yeah. to start. That's why it feels weird to yeah. me too, because you would just be killing people. Like that—that's your goal. Yeah. Is to just murder well, people. Well, the, the Alien versus Predator games were multiplayer, and you would one person would play the Alien, one person would play the Predator, and then like a squad would play like the Alien Two style Marines, <clears throat> the Aliens Marines, um, and you had like tra- you know the, the humans would have like a technology that people had like developed in order to combat these things, like knowing they exist. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you were to just to drop a an, like a predator into, we should just make a drinking game. But of how often we're going to say the word predator, like drink every time we say the word predator, because holy shit, we're going to say it a lot. Um, but like if you just drop them into a predator into a, like a township that has no idea it's there, like I, I think tend to agree with you. Like it's it was one of those like um, serendipitous moments where Arnold Schwarzenegger falls in the mud and doesn't re- like realize that you know he, it's heat seeking and, and it has like thermal vision. But if you didn't have an opportunity to to find that out, you would just be fucking obliterated by this predator. Yeah, well, also, though, I mean, the first movie, he kind of, like, hunts one at a time, you know? So it could be cool to do something where... I don't know. I mean, there could be it could be both, right? You could do a multiplayer mode where there are different maps and you have, uh, you know, there's a squad of people. They play together against a predator. It's, like, six people against one. The predator's got a yeah. lot of advantages, and like you can, um, you know, you can find power ups, or you can find uh, stuff around that allow you to sort of like get a, a leg up on the predator. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, there's also like you know, this, but the story mode could be very cool, where it's like you know, you could still introduce the idea that um, it, you know, it's kind of hard with the first the first movie, the mud like hides him. Right, which right. I don't think that would actually work. <laughs> unless no, the, yeah, no, the real heat-seeking thing would still be warm. Yeah, um, it's like it doesn't make any sense. But like, you could make up whatever excuse you wanted, and then have that be the thing that you had to like keep up, or you know, throughout the game, you'd have to like in order to stay hidden, or you know, set traps up like they do. You know, they they had that whole se- sequence in the first movie where they they set up all these like the net and uh, like the logs and everything. Yeah. Um I don't know. I think that like a crafting system that isn't like a traditional like Minecraft style crafting system where you can <clears throat> sort of like manipulate the environment to build rudimentary traps that aren't like they mentioned in the movie that he can see the trip wires because they're sort of like metal or whatever but because they're manufactured but be- then they start using like vines and ropes and trees and stuff and like the predator can't detect that stuff because I guess because it's like it just looks like everything else in the forest. So trying to figure out like we're near these trees, and if it is in the suburbs, I guess it would have to be, like, Malibu palm trees or something. Or I guess if they're in the jungle, then it would be, like, a lot of trees around you. But the, you'd have to come up... Like, your crafting system would be really... Like, we have to use what's around us. We can't, like, take apart uh, machine guns and, and make a weird explosive trap because you will see that, you know? So we have to use, like, natural materials, and that could be kind of an interesting balancing thing. Yeah, it could be kind of cool to... Um... I mean, via the story, sort of introduce new um, new mechanics into the into the game. It's like as people die, um, be kind of cool to resurrect the the. Uh, we, had, we had a long time ago talked about an aliens game um, mm-hmm. where the difficulty doesn't come out of 
you know, like the, the, the enemy's getting harder, but the fact that you have less people around and that right. the people you do have uh, have different skills because they die off in different ways depending on how you play the game. And that could be really a cool way to do this game, right? Where you have uh, basically a group of people that you sort of know what their skills are and you, you're the head of them and you can tell them what to do and, you know, um, based on what you tell them, they die. Uh, or, 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 or stay alive, right? right? Like you're, you're, you're only as good as you are, uh, at the time. So, you know, you could, everybody could die because you didn't, you know, get them through the forest or whatever. Right. But it could be cool to, so like, oh, your medic died. So now nobody can be healed, you know? So how do you handle that? And that's where the difficulty comes from. <clears throat> That'd be kind of cool with the gameplay. be kind of like, not quite ex but like almost like a. You know, you know how like you play like Warcraft or Starcraft. Like you have more, you're kind of playing from like a command point of view. You know, yeah. You yeah. be kind of like that, or would you be sticking with the the main character and signaling? Like, that'd be interesting. I don't know. I mean, there's there's a lot of ways you could do it. I've, I, you know, a lot of times that isometric view and those like XCOM allows you to sort of see the action as it's unfolding. But if you have you're being hunted by one person, like one invisible enemy. It doesn't really work so much. I think you have to like, you'd have to like decide whether you were going to stop to camp, and uh, if you did, how you were going to set up the perimeter and where the traps would go. And um, I don't know. I mean, it could be interesting to do combo too, right? Like I've never really seen that where it's you, you play the game most of the time. Like it'd be cool if like in XCOM you, you know, you set everything up and then you could kind of get down and play it too. Yeah. I mean, that's that's usually pretty difficult. Uh, to pull off because it's just so expensive, but like, you know, we're, we're, we're pie in the sky here, you know? Um, Why make one game when you can make two separate games and put them together? Yeah. That always works out well. I think, um, (laughs) I, I do like the idea of, of first person just because I think playing games like alien isolation, you get a lot more of that sort of like fear. Like when a thing jumps on you, it's like right in your face. Um, And like, if yeah, like in suspense where you're hiding in a a closet or under a tree or something. And that thing is like crawling by you. Like there's the scene in in Predator when Schwarzenegger is like hiding in a tree, like watching, waiting for the Predator to show up. And the Predator ends up just choosing the same tree to hide in. And he can Uh, hear him making his clicking sound, which is a stupid conceit. But he can hear him like right behind him and he cannot move. Because if he moves, he's going to like detect his movement in, in in his visor. Um, I think that's that was a really cool, like, super tense moment that you wouldn't get if you were um, 100 miles up and you had a more, of like, larger view. Because I think that that thing's terrifying because it, it could be right next to you and you don't know it. Um, and a god's eye view makes you feel a little bit more powerful because you, you have vision that, uh, like, characters wouldn't have. Right. Yeah. Um, I do like the idea of starting in... Like the, the same way that the Predator movie kind of, like, you start in an area, the movie, the, the, the actual Predator stuff starts at the, the, like the rebel camp. And then from there, they're trying to get out. They're trying to get to the extraction zone for the helicopter. And they just have to survive like from point A to point B. But that's actually kind of interesting because you can get a really good sense of how, how close are you to victory or defeat? Like, oh man, we're only a quarter of the way there and I've already lost half my people. Uh, this is going to be a really tough slog. It's in a similar way that XCOM, like you're not finished with the mission, but you've lost three dudes already, and you have, like, one guy left, and you're like, oh, my God, I don't know how I'm going to pull this off with one person left. Um, I think that could be kind of an interesting marker for how, like, the distance you have to travel still to, before you get to, like, the, the victory position, you know? Well, yeah, you'd have, like, a goal, like, an end goal, and then it could be cool to sort of, like, branch the paths, like, or something, you know? It's like where we set it in, like, the, um, the mountains, uh, you know, the Appalachians, or we set it in, like... Uh, just somewhere in Wyoming or somewhere, you know, where it's, there's a lot of um, trees and like a lot of terrain. And then, you know, you, you know, there's a couple different routes uh, to get to the place, you know, and, and sometimes you have to choose which, which is the best one. Like this one's quicker, but it's more dangerous. Mm. Uh, you know, just things like that. And based on what you know about your current situation and who you have with you and like, you could, you could decide, okay, you know, I'm going to risk it. I have, uh, I have, two medics and I have a grenadier, uh, grenadier you know, and, and yeah. then, um, I got, I clo- I still cloaking tech for some reason. Uh, I have a bunch of rocks I can throw to fool the predator <laughs> because he gets fooled by a rock <laughs> in the first movie. Yeah. Well, um, what I started to say when, you, um, when I was bringing up hunting earlier, um, 
we were still kind of talking about the story and like it being maybe more suburban, um, hopefully like suburban commando, but, um, <laughs> I was thinking like you could have like a, you could, the characters in the game could be out on like a hunting ish expedition, you know, like maybe they're just hunting deer in the woods and like, that's where they come across a predator and then they kind of, you could work your way back to like a more civilized place and, th- and, th- and there could be like stages and just maps. Like you're not going to be able to defeat the predator with just what you have on the hunting expedition, you know? Uh, but, but because you're a, a doomsday prepper, you have like a grenade launcher and shit in your garage well, or in your bomb shelter. You're trying to get back to maybe, um, that's kind of cool. But, but as, and then as you guys were talking about it, like I was think um, the same kind of idea kind of evolved and I know you have Sean, but Harrison, have you ever seen the movie dog soldiers? No, um, it's pretty cool. It's a Neil Marshall movie. who did like, uh, the Descent, and um, he yeah, directs a lot of Game of Thrones now. Um, and he, uh, it, it's about this group of soldiers who are like just on like a training exercise in like somewhere in the UK, I think. Uh, and they come across this family of like werewolves, which is really bizarre. Oh man! Um, but I was, I was wondering if you could do something else like that, where it's like you know, they're on a training exercise. It may, maybe it is a U.S. Uh, Army outfit. And then, like, the first level, you come across the Predator, and then you start to lose guys. And then it's like, you know, there's this outpost um, that if you get to, you can get safety or better weapons or whatever it is to combat this thing. And then you get there, and then it attacks the outpost. And maybe you get, you know, it fucks up the outpost and starts killing people. But that's where you get, you know, you do come across a grenade launcher and allows you enough to fight back for that long. You know? Yeah. I think that's cool. You can just keep kind of, like, the chase, you know... The chase doesn't have to stop at the at the extraction point in this game the way that it did in the movie, right? It can be kind of like a survive through this sort of linear story. Um, but, you know, it kind of takes you from place to place. And just because you get to one place doesn't mean that you've beat it, if that makes sense. Right. Um, it just kind of gives you <clears throat> new advantages because you get access to new weapons or you get access to new tactics or you get new people to join your squad that have different skills or st- something like that. That's cool. Um, might be kind of fun to like have have the game evolve as such and kind of have it feel like there's levels to it. I was thinking that uh, when we were talking about like different, you could go different routes. It reminded me of the old um, Star Fox game for like the Super Nintendo, where you have a beginning point and you have to get to like the boss, you know, asteroid or whatever. But you can pick which like the the, the path will branch. To, you can go to like, Sector Z or you can go to. Mobius planet and and the map will be like every time you play it you can go a different route and the and the map slightly changes so if you're in the woods and you're trying to get back to a place you can say you can either take the river or you can go uh, you know up the mountainside and it's a very different uh experience for you yeah and like yeah. The, like the things you have access to and the predators like like tactics will change like if you can swim in the water maybe that sort of masks your your uh heat but the predator like he knows you're in the river somewhere so he's just gonna like it, it, the box you're in is much smaller um, like that could be kind of a cool, like split up of, of like locations, you know, where you, you, you have like a branching path and you pick X or Y to eat through each like location. And then eventually it sort of like collapses, like the branches collapse back in again. as you get near the end, like quote unquote end of the game. Boo, 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 jab it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, that game. No, uh, it would be, it would be really good. I, I think like, um, I think that that works for, for, I mean, it's kind of like the first movie also, they're, they're just sort of trying to make their way through and they have to, uh, I think they have to change. Don't they have to change at some point the direction they're moving in or they're, they, they're following that, uh, guide, the, the, the woman, um, what's her name? Anna. Yeah. They were following her and you know, whether she was trustworthy or not was something that was kind of interesting. Um, but you could have some like. You know, not a whole lot, but some some drama around uh, like where people wanted to go and stuff, um, and that could that could mean that somebody doesn't go with you. It's like, no, fuck this! Like, you guys are crazy. I'm not going through. I'm not going through Death uh, Mountain. You know, <laughs> like uh, it's cursed. Yeah. Um, the idea that like people in your squad would have opinions on that is pretty cool. I'm assuming they're all AI, right? But like the fact that like some people would want to like. I want to go this way, and here's the reason: is is a a good is an interesting like you have to have an argument in your group, uh, thing, and b is a good way to get out 
like like diegetically what's dangerous and what's like what are the pros and cons of these places without popping up like a text box on screen you know if one guy's like you know the river is going to box us in he's going to be able to find us really easy if we go in the river and the other guy's like yeah but it's better than the mountain and here's why like that's kind of an interesting sort of like i don't know how you'd script that but it would be an interesting dynamic sort of like argument you guys have in, at the at the break at the split point you know yeah i mean you you know you going on incomplete information too which is which is cool like i think it's like it's nice to give you just enough to know like what kind of experience it might be but not um not not like completely reveal it so that the the that path has surprises mm-hmm. um and you know and and throwing some things some you know some scripted some ai like in the way um like it could be cool to just sort of like say that you're you know you have to stay close to people. That's like right. a thing, you know, but in the middle of a firefight or whatever, you might run. And then if you, if you're with somebody else or near somebody else, or those two people are together, they can survive, you know? Yeah. And then you yeah. get picked off and now there's a new leader. And that's Man, one if of you the, died, you just like re-inhabit a different body. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah. yeah, Something like that. You that's know, where awesome. it's like, okay, that was a new leader. Now that's who you are. You're playing that person now. Oh, that's pretty cool. Um, like stuff like that could be kind of cool. Yeah, that that would be really cool for like replay value, you know. Like if you could, different people could make it to the end based on who you ended up getting killed as you yeah, play. Yeah, I like this. that. Like, um, and I, 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 you could make the predator AI like focus on the player character, you know. That way, right. you kind of have to. I'm trying to say, I feel like some game kind of does this, right? But the more you play as a character the more likely they are to be picked off. So that way you could kind of bounce, you might be able to bounce back and forth, you know, and then the, the one that you like most or the one that gives you, you the most uh, kind of valuable skill set, like playing as them more often, well, you'll be deterred from that, right? Because if you play Bill Duke, can you just like shave, <laughs> shave yourself at any time? I hope so. Or else I don't know why we're making this game. <laughs> that would be great if that kind of thing though, replaced like emotes. Like, you know, if you're... Oh, man. <laughs> you know, like, a lot of games have emotes now where you just dance or whatever, but it'd be cool if, like, they just had little character quirks that you could yeah. just repeatedly do, and then people would respond to that in the game where they would say, like, fuck, like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. Stop like you saving spit your out fucking your, head. It's creeping me out. You spit out your fucking tobacco juice on a guy's <laughs> shoe. <laughs> exactly. Or if you're playing as Hawkins, you can just say really inappropriate jokes about your girlfriend to try to get the one guy to laugh. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. He keeps doing that in the movie. But like, and then again, like it just stop, like just like just drop that thread. It's really funny. Yeah, it, he dies. Oh, well, okay. He dro- they dropped the thread before that. <laughs> the weird part is he only does it twice, and like both times he just only engages Billy to tell him the joke. I, yeah, it's funny <laughs> that he's like obsessed with making Billy laugh. It's really good. The first time he just gets literally nothing. Like he just gets embarrassed and awkward. And then the second time he gets this giant belly laugh with like essentially the same joke. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, basically, and then and then the predator uses that sound clip yeah, it's really as creepy. he's dying. Yeah, it's super creepy. Uh, but like the predator being able to mimic character voices is one uh, of those things that I I feel like they never really. I think they did more in Predator Two. I don't remember, but in the first movie, it's so easy to miss because he only really does it once uh, with with Billy's voice because. He's recorded a bunch of dialogue from them. Like he has, I think he has uh, Mac saying like "over here," like whispering "over here" mm. uh, a couple times. But like he never actually uses it to like trap anyone or bait anyone. So the idea of you know you lose somebody on your team, you don't know where they've gone, and then they whisper to you, and it could be the predator, it could be them, and you don't know, and you have to like sort of yeah. make, a, make a decision after whether or not to go after that is cool. And I don't know how the hell you design a predator ai to be that fucking smart maybe it is a, a player but it that would be a cool like our th- piece of you know like arsenal in their tool belt well it wouldn't it would you know it actually be kind of cool if like there's just so much of chatter in the game while you're while you're in the woods like you know not a bunch like enough that makes sense but like you would you would be able to hear a line that somebody else spoke earlier and if you were smart enough to recognize that they said right it, then you would yeah like it would be cool to kind of just have that built into the um like if that person is missing the game would know that and it would also know like you know the the that that line was spoken so yeah that exactly easily have the predator yeah the predator like just playing it back for you could be really cool that is he doesn't even have to be missing right like that could be kind of the thing about he might even be dead right like he can still just record the line as he's heard it and then as long as you're not playing as that character and whether it's all based on whether or not you remember having heard that before you know 
Um, yeah. Like you, oh man. You could actually think. Oh. It, it, you, but in that way, it's not always like if you hear it, the character's dead. You know what I mean? Like you might yeah, actually go investigate it, and sometimes it's, it's really that. Yeah, you you would want to mix it up so it's not always like, well, I heard that line. It's got to be a dead guy. You'd want to like. Fifty-fifty, it right or sixty-forty, yeah. it. Yeah. Do you know before uh, you move on? I, I do think that like th- there's a weird uh, him not using that. It almost is like it's almost like a weird character thing for the predator to be collecting those voice lines. Yeah, it's kind of cool. It's like I didn't think about it that way, but like it's he he does sort of have a character through what you see him doing uh, in that movie. It's it's bizarre. You're but, right. Like, yeah, it's just, like. At the end, he, like, takes his gun off and decides to, like, go mano a mano with Schwarzenegger. Mm-hmm. Like, he decides, like, all right, we're going to, like, fisticuffs this shit, uh, which is, a, a like, a weird, weird macho choice for, an, like, a fucked-up-looking alien, you know? Uh, I guess because he feels like at this point he's going to win, so it's just more of, like, I'm going to just take pride in this, in this beating. Uh, but he definitely, like, has a personality, you know, which you don't really get to the last, like, 15, 20 minutes of the movie. Yeah. Weird. Uh, I got really excited a second ago thinking about this. Uh, the idea that, like, in the opening sequence <clears throat> of the game, the scripted, like, whatever, the Predator first comes after you. I do like the idea of you being just, like, a bunch of dudes, over-equipped dudes on, like, a like a elk hunting trip. Like, a regular old, like, orange vest hunting trip. That's kind of interesting to me. Because you're well-equipped and you're probably trained to, to use weapons, but you're not, like, a military guy. Uh, you're not going to use, like, hand signals to surround the Predator. I think that's kind of interesting. Uh, but the idea that in that sequence, it's sort of randomized. You, oh, you always lose like two or three people in that opening sequence before you even begin the game. And it, who it is, is kind of randomized. So, you know, you might have two medics and a grenadier and a, I don't know, like a specialist, whatever that means. Uh, and in the opening sequence, you lose both medics and you're like, fuck, okay, I've just been handicapped. And like, I just happen to have lost the, to, these two specific people. So I need to do something like... You know what I mean? Like the opening of the game, you already lose a handful of people from your squad, so you 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 feel the threat of the predator right away, uh, and you feel that loss very early on. So it kind of teaches you, like, listen, people are going to die, and you're going to lose their abilities. Um, so it teaches that, but it's also just it, it randomizes a starting group of people you're with every single time you play. I was thinking about um, you guys were talking about branching earlier too, and uh, I think Sean mention like you know you don't you don't go this way because there's this potential danger you know i think you i think you said death mountain or something like that but uh <laughs> don't go to death mountain there's death there well that's just zelda though it's zelda yeah. it's called death mountain yeah but it? you always go to death mountain in zelda yeah you do you want to too what, yeah. what i was thinking is like in most of the movies or at least the first two there is still an element of like human to human combat um and kind of like you know, if we're going with this, like, Freeman militia thing, you know, you can go this way, um, but, you, you know, you're walking up with a bunch of weapons and blood all over you, and maybe there is a another human antagonistic force up there, you know? Um, Interesting. And that way you, would, you wouldn't just be limited to combat, potentially, with predators, the predator, um, and then he could still show up and fuck up everyone's day, you know, but it could just then complicate another uh interaction if that makes sense like another confrontation and that might be something that you can avoid you know but it, it's, it's potentially harder you won't get their weapons or whatever it is um yeah that's a good point j- they, i mean like the the carl uh carl weathers uh <laughs> character carl carl weathers uh being sort of like they have an antagonistic like, duality i mean you know and then you know they go fight a bunch of rebels and stuff but the idea that one of the guys you can't trust in your team. Like the, like they have the woman like Anna and she eventually just becomes like, I'll join you. I'm just going to be your friend now. Cause we have a common enemy, but there being another group out there that's antagonistic that every time you meet them, the predator comes and fucks shit up and you have to either team up or you, you know, you lose some extra people or something like that. That's definitely interesting. Or maybe in the story of our game, like if you do go engage them and then predator comes and fucks shit up, like everybody from that party dies except for one person. And then, you know, you, you're surviving with somebody. You don't know if you can trust fully, you know? Yeah. Um, just other options to kind of like round out so that you're not always just fighting one predator. Um, something that kind of came up organically, it seemed like. And like thematically, those those movies do at least try to hit on, you know, like I, I almost joked about it before, but the first movie, like the word predator, it's like in that, in that first sequence when they just attack like the 
the, the gorillas. Yeah, like, they just obliterate yeah, them. Yeah, like they're being predators too, you know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Man is the ultimate sport, says this movie. Yeah. Like literally. <clears throat> but you might just be able to inflect and inject some of that element into the game too, just to kind of shake it up a bit. Uh, depending on like depending on if it makes sense for the, the fiction of the story. I mean, having people in your group that you don't fully trust is always an interesting dynamic. Um, especially because, like, listen, we have this other thing out there, but can I, like, you, it's your watch. Are you going to fuck this up and get a bunch of people killed? Um, in that similar kind of, like, The Walking Dead um, show, like, there's always there's always the interpersonal shit that then gets interrupted by a zombie attack or something. <clears throat> and then they fend off the zombies and some people die, and then they go back to bickering. And there's something, there's always some interesting character stuff you can do there yeah <laughs> so uh our the idea of like you know you're out hunting and you're sort of these armed dudes uh what is the end goal the idea of like i, I the first at first blush i like the idea of like trying to get back to your compound like your like your weird doomsday prepper compound but i don't like is it a town because i feel like it would be really dangerous to lead this thing back to like a populated area you know, like, I'm not sure. Is, well, is your it's, goal like 20, to, like, it's like 20 families and like 10 of them are dead before you start or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, right. I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't I'm saying be, that do you start in town big. or do you end in town or do you like do a loop? Well, back you guys there? were, would you guys, like Chris, I think, or somebody was pitching earlier that you, you get to a place and that's your goal. And that, that, that's cool. I mean, like it could be that, yeah, you get there and that's what it is. Um, I think that. And lends itself to there being a finale in a way that isn't, you know, because like when I was thinking of crafting earlier, I was thinking of like Last of Us style crafting where it's like mm. you just, it's not much. It's like you know, things you can do. They make like a uh, shiv out of a, of a scissors blade. Yeah, but it's like it's like real world shit that has just been repurposed. Um, you know, if you're out in the woods, that doesn't really work unless you're like making spears or like. You know what I mean? Right. So there's something, I'm not saying we have to keep that element at all, but um, just the idea that like the suburban version of it to me, that, that town, it makes sense for there to be guns in. It makes sense for there to be other things as well. And like, if the town is big enough, you could make the whole game take place there. Mm, that's and just, true. You know what I mean? Or uh, you could start it there and then get to another place, like the other, the other doomsday preppers on the other side of the mountain or whatever. The Hatfields. Like, you got to go from the McCoy's <laughs> Exactly, to the yeah. But I mean, like, there, I think there is something interesting about, uh, you know, existing in that. And then there being, it's kind of like the suburbs, you know, except that there's like a, a shooting range. Right. Like, uh, like, it's like Tremors, the basement in Tremors where, uh, you know, this in this game, we don't literally use every gun we have at the same time to destroy one monster. I uh, I, I really love is, that you just use the tr- as tremors as a cultural touchstone because I immediately knew what you were going for. It's so good that scene. Yeah. That whole movie is amazing. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, just just the idea that yeah, like there's this couple in town who's got 400 guns. <laughs> um, I I I think the more you talk about it, the more I actually am super into most of the game taking place in a suburban location, just because it is so different. Like predator one took place in the jungle. Predator two took place in like, I don't know, Manhattan or New York or LA or some like big urban city. Right. Um, and, and so having this be in the suburbs could be really interesting. It would definitely like level design and layout and stuff would be really important because you know, how, how different areas look and how the, cause like in suburbs, a lot of those houses look similar so you'd have to like make sure that it, it felt different, and you're actually progressing from place to place. Like you might not have as much ability to do branching paths through. I guess you could. You'd have to have like the town center and you know the marketplace, and you know you could definitely find small places to branch the the location you're in. So we'd have to just make sure it felt like a big enough space to play in, you know, which I think it is possible. But I, the more you talk about it, the more I am interested in, in exploring that. It doesn't have to be the whole game either. I mean, it could be part of it. It could be, um, you know, you, it doesn't preclude us from going out into the surrounding area either if it's right. pretty secluded. You know, I think there's a lot of, um, it could even be like, do we stay here? Or do we leave as part of the, you know, we can hole up here. We have a lot of ammo, but, you know, if we get out of here, then maybe it'll leave us alone. Yeah. Like there's a lot of um, arguments to be made. You also, I mean, kind of 
I was kind of talking about it before, um, where you, you, you could change the objective based on the narrative. But if they, if you start, like, if you are on, like, a hunting trip or whatever, you know, you could kind of design the situation and and the information that you get as a player, like, um, uh, based on, like, you could design the, the narrative so that, like, we only... We only get the information as the player character does. So, like, you know, the first goal could be, like, get to your car or whatever. And then you get to a car and then it triggers a cutscene. And the character doesn't know that this thing is going to follow them back to suburbia, right? Like, they just think they're just getting the safety of escape, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, the first section of the game. Yeah, yeah. And then, like, you might be able to just play that, like... You know, and then once you get to suburbia, like, the thing shows up, and it's like, fuck, I, I now I have to get this place evacuated or draw it away from here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you might be able to cool. just change the goal with that in mind. And, like, I didn't know as a player that I was going to go, that the player character was going to go back here. All I knew is I had to get to this car, and the, the characters weren't talking about it, right? And they, were, and they weren't thinking about this, whatever the fuck was attacking them was going to follow them back to suburbia, you know? It's it's definitely a tough one because you have that disconnect between the player and the character. Where the player probably knows the de- like the details of what a predator is and like what they can do and their capabilities and the fact that they're invisible and have heat vision and shit. Um, and there's a chance they don't, but like you're gonna get that moment when the characters are like, "It's fine, let's just run back home and it will be fine." And the player's like, "You morons, you have no idea." And it's not a big deal, but there's definitely. Like, the characters themselves have to learn these things over time the way that Schwarzenegger and his t- kind of team did. At first, they thought it was Rebels in the Trees, you know, and then they realized it's hunting them. It's one thing. It's invisible. Uh, it can bleed. Uh, and it has all these advanced weapons. And they kind of, like, pick it. They figure it out as they go by, like, examining, like, the bodies of their friends and actually witnessing it. Uh, so they, ha- I think you need a similar, like journey like of information for those characters like to figure out what it's capable of and maybe that unlocks like a crafting thing or it unlocks some sort of like make, like actionable thing that you can do now that you know it has heat vision before that you couldn't really like actively look to lower your body temperature and now you can um and and so now you have a new as sean you were saying at the, at the beginning of the podcast you have like slowly unlocking abilities as your understanding of what this thing is kind of grows you know yeah, I mean, we, we'd have to, as designers, come up with different ways than you've seen to thwart it. So even if you did know, you know, that this thing had heat vision, like, you don't know how you're going to combat that, right? Like, right. we immediately start the game where it's the dry season. <laughs> There's no mud yeah. anywhere. Yeah. You know? I mean, and that's dumb, but it also it also does take that away immediately. You know, it's, like, dusty as fuck, and, uh, or, like, it's in the desert, kind of, or something, you know? Like, yeah. Um, it just changes things up in a way that uh, you, you don't really have a good sense of how to combat it necessarily. You just you sort of know you you know what its powers are immediately, maybe, um, but you don't you don't know how to do anything about it. And that's what we're that's what you're getting to earn through playing. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. I, I like the idea that you might figure it out, but there's nothing you can do about it at the, at the time. Uh, I also like. Uh, the idea that because a lot of in, in the ending of the movie, the first movie, Schwarzenegger is oddly like somehow the mud, as you said, somehow camouflages his entire body's heat to the point where he looks like he's not alive. Uh, but he also it's a movement thing, right? Like if he moves, he'll it'll see him. So you can get some really cool tense moments where you're hiding in you know whatever you're using to, to mask your body temperature, a thermal blanket or something, and you just see its feet go by and you can't move. You you don't know when it's safe to move again and to like try and try and flank it or jump it or whatever, but just having that thing walk by you and just can't being unable to move is just such a good. I mean, other games have done it, but it's always done. It's always something that really feels really tense and good. The uh, the best version of that for some reason in the worst at the same time because it was executed well and poorly was until dawn because like literally the you can't move the controller because it has a gyro in it. Oh so man, you had, you had to stay completely still whenever something like that would happen. They didn't do it very often, and they did. They, the problem with it was that they didn't telegraph that it was what you were going to be doing early enough. So I would like uh. move and like instantly die, <laughs> uh, like because I didn't know it was coming enough early enough. But like I, I think that like that was a great. It was like tense because you couldn't. You were trying not to move your hands, you know. Um, and it was basically the same thing that the character was doing. 
I like that. That's cool. I mean, you definitely have to have a, a certain amount of like give, like you can move a little bit, but it kind of stops, you know, like you can like get the idea of like, okay, I, I can't do that again. Like there's gotta be some forgiving, some give forgiveness to it or you can't just yeah, screw up yeah. once and die. But that's, that's pretty rad. I like, that's a really cool idea. Let's steal it. Let's steal it until dawn. <laughs> ah, sorry. I'm yawning. Yeah. Cut that until out. Until yawn. <laughs> oh my God. Yawn until I refuse dawn. to let that exist in the episode. <laughs> Cut that out immediately. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, how does this how does this end? How does this game end? Do we do they, do they track it down and like get back to their stash of guns and just like face off? Because in in that movie in Predator they they set up like a okay we're gonna hold this position and wait for it to come to us and like booby trap and wire up the place and once it comes to us we're gonna kill it and then there's a point in the movie they're like fuck it just run just get to the chopper get to the chopper and sorry I had to do it once and uh, and so their their plan like their tactics change. So how do you feel like we would we would sort of do that in this video game? I think you get a predator weapon, like a disc or something, and then you kill it with the disc, and then a bunch of other predators come up and give you like a really old gun. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> Are you just quoting the ending of Predator Two? Of course 2? I am. Yeah, good. But I think there has to be a showdown with the uh They all just come up and respect like we respect you for killing one of ours. Yeah. Bye. Yeah, exactly. Um no, but I think I mean I think we're, you're not gonna. It's gonna. It's gonna feel like you get gypped if you get out of this without a big showdown with the predator. You know. Yeah, I agree. Well, I think it would be hard to design, but I do think that like the idea that you get to the the town and there's like seven or eight houses there, and it's like in a contained area that has a lot of like resources, um, and you're like the last one left, and depending on who what your skill set is, right? That's like, cool. Depending on who you are, you have to take it down in a different way because you've, you know, you're the one who survived. <laughs> you're the school teacher. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. You just use a lot of scotch tape. For good. Uh, <laughs> Put it in detention. <laughs> but I mean, like, there, there's something to the idea that, you know, like, the resources are all available to you, but not all of them are your, your forte. And, you, you know, if, if we've done a good job combining, uh, combining those things together in a way that, you know, you have strengths and weaknesses and, and, um, you know, that, 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 that showdown could last a while, you know, it could be, a, yeah. it could be like the end battle in, um, Metal Gear Solid three, uh, which that can last a long time because it's a sniper fight and you don't want him to see you moving. And like, it's just cool. It's like it's something that you don't really do. Yeah. You'd have to like be careful and you'd have to be, it could get frustrating if we weren't careful. Um, so I like the idea of design, but you whittle, you always whittle it down to one person at that point, uh, and you're always stuck with one person. So you're, that's that's another good reason to try and keep everybody alive, because uh, you know at the end when there's only one person left, like if you you know if you haven't done a good job of keeping the, the the person you want to be alive, then you're kind of stuck with the fucking school teacher or whatever. Uh, and then it does become that that fight that you mentioned for Metal Gear Solid, where you're sneaking around and trying to build traps um, and you know put spikes on tree branches and you know build weird like propane tank bombs or whatever and you know it's coming or it's trying to find you so you're trying to like sneak and do these things at the same time and take a shot at it when you can and then when it runs at you you gotta hide like that's that's cool because it feels different like we've we've been talking a lot about this hiding mechanic and it does feel like there's, there are many games that kind of do that but they never eventually force you into a square like an arena it's like okay one of you is leaving this place so you have to kill it you can't hide anymore um and we're not going to overpower you. We're not going to give you all the guns in the game and just have it be like an arcade fun. It's just like a satisfying moment where you just blow its head off. It's going to be a you need to get out if you're alive kind of moment. And that's that feels really different, and it feels good for the ending of the game. Cool. You could be like the hacker, and somehow you hack into like his self-destruct thing. <laughs> you <laughs> through, you through, hack into his arm, into his wrist computer? Yeah, you're Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> oh, man, you upload a virus to yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah, oh, your your uh, your Lex from Jurassic Park. Oh man! Oh man! It's it's a Unix system. Is yeah. that what you're telling me? Yes, it's a Unix system. She knows the, the, this. The, the the most advanced um, hunting alien we've ever met uses Unix. Yeah, or why Linux, not? whatever. That's fucking good. I'm super into that. It's a good system. Yeah, but you have to have uh, the like pocket computer that like. Um, that uh, the kid from Terminator 2 had that was like hacking ATMs. Uh, yeah. 
that, like black and white like like three by twelve inch computer. You <laughs> yeah, know? like a credit card with a, like a wire. Tap. Yeah, like yeah. a like a like a ribbon attached yeah. to it. Yeah, that's you. You have that computer, yeah. and then uh, and then when he hacks in, finally says easy money, and then the predator blows up. <laughs> Off in the distance, you see like a nuclear. <laughs> yeah. Oh uh, man. Uh, th- there's a there's a story I want to tell you guys once we're actually finished with the episode because it's a tangent. But uh, remind me, I want to. There's a thing I want to uh, mention. Okay, uh, but we'll leave this part but, in on the episode to the audience. Yeah, here. Yeah, 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 perfect. Yeah. You don't get to hear it, audience. <laughs> Oh, yeah, we leave this in and cut the thing out that I say. Perfect. Um, fucking assholes. Fuck you. Wow. Jeez. No wonder everyone listens to the Rocket Jump podcast <laughs> and not our podcast. God. Well, it's also better, I would imagine. Yeah, I probably, yes. <laughs> uh, wow, rough. Okay. Uh, how do we want to end this, <laughs> end this, this podcast? I think we just did forever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well said. Well, thanks for joining us as we just completely self-destruct our podcast. Like a predator defeated in combat, we self-destructed the shit out of this podcast. Yeah, uh, and I think that uh, I think uh, Chris was the only one left standing. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Yeah. He ran far enough away from the nuclear explosion. I don't know how that worked. All right. What about, well, yeah. you have to do the outro because we're the only one left alive. Um, okay, well, thanks for listening to the story this week. Uh, Sean and Harrison are dead. Um, and I ain't got time to bleed. <laughs> hey, that's it for this week's show. Uh, if you'd like to find out more about us, please follow us at StoryCast on Twitter. And if you have any feedback for the show or any ideas for future episodes, please email us at storycast at gmail.com. Storied is Chris Revert, Harrison Pink, and Sean Ainsworth, and our music is composed by the amazing Jared Emerson Johnson. Thanks so much for listening.